In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's October 18th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 80 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from still not Rhinebeck. Yeah, not at all. Boo. But Michelle is there. Mm-hmm. So, hi Michelle. We will live vicariously through your stories when you get back. You can't see me waving. They're probably drinking wine right now. Oh, that's not helping. Okay, and for anybody who does not know, Rhinebeck is the... New York State Sheep and Wool Festival. It is the Disney World of yes. Sheep and Wool Festivals. I've only been one time, but it literally was a Disney World. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yep. At least from what I've heard, because I've never actually been. You need cell phones to try and coordinate fine people. Mm-hmm. And you can't say something to the effect like, I'm in front of the spinning demonstration. Well, which spinning demonstration? Really? It's like Comic-Con for knitters. Uh-huh. Sorry. We're drowning our sorrows in chocolate chip cookies. Yep. And before we go on, I'd like to make a happy announcement. Yes. I am now a brown belt. Woo! High five. Brown belt at Taekwondo. Yay! So I've got my red belt, red stripe, and then my black belt testing. Ooh. Maybe by summertime. By summer you'll have your black widow belt? That might be possible. Yes. (laughs) Very much might be possible. But before that, we have knitting that we're working on. Yes. What I am working on has absolutely nothing to do with the Hobbit alone. This is a birthday gift. Because when a university friend from years gone by responds to your query about what they want for their birthday, and they say that they want something knitted... Mm-hmm. But they give you five days to do it in. Yeah. So I told her it's not gonna be ri- it's not gonna be to her by her birthday, but shortly thereafter. Well, when they when they live in the states and they give you five days notice, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not gonna be there by their birthday. Yeah. Unless you were ordering something from within the states and paid rush. If it's anything you have to ship from Canada, it's not gonna get there in five days. I've always threatened that sooner or later I am going to learn how to spin some sort of silk out of my girly bits and be able to knit with my toes. My husband says that we have to have a serious talk if I actually manage to achieve that. (laughs) Yeah. Channel the spider totem. I think that was too much information. Okay, fine. Fine. (laughs) Alright, so in other so anyway, getting back to this, I am knitting a cowl. It is the burnished leaves cowl. I can't remember by who, but that's okay. I'll let you know later in the in the uh, notes, but this is Burnished Leaves Cowl. I've made it once before for the newbie, so I know mm-hmm. it knits up really fast. And Ooh. this is the yarn that was made partially out of some of that artsy-fartsy roving that mm-hmm. Michelle gave to me. Mm-hmm. It was full of ribbon and threads and bits and yeah. pieces of this and that, and I just started taking all of that out. Because <laughs> that just ain't your bag? It just ain't, it ain't my bag, especially as a newbie, knit, newbie spinner. Yeah. And... Every single one of these different colors was a different fiber, so it had five different types of fibers. Mm -hmm. So every time I got to a different color, I had to adjust my handling of the fiber. It was was a great learning experience, but I'll be like, damned, I occasionally got, you know, flubs and slubs, but... And then I applied it all together with some yellow lace weight, and somewhere in there I got sort of like a harvest array of colors. Yeah, it's very fall looking. Yep. And her favorite color 
is actually orange, so this mm-hmm. goes through all the spectrums from a golden wheat right through to a russet and a brown. Yeah. And I am <clears throat> one and a half repeats away from finishing, and then I'll throw it in an envelope with a pretty card and say, Happy birthday, and I hope this holds you over until Christmas. Because <laughs> I guess that's what she wants for Christmas, too. And I need a head start on that, I guess. Well, especially since you have something that you're doing that should be done about two weeks before Christmas. Oh, you're, you're talking about a hobbity type thing. Yes. That type of thing. It was actually kind of funny. Last week at knit night, I spent the entire knit night going through patterns on Ravelry, trying to figure out what yes. to get. Everybody's being the worst kind of enabler possible. You can knit that. <laughs> yep. Two months? You can knit that. No problem. Like, are you serious, people? I do have to work. Mm-hmm. One of them was a dragon sweater, which I don't remember off the top of my head, but I will link to it. And it was made in, originally, the side, the wool was DK, but as I went through everybody's patterns, mm-hmm. people got it down to sport and then to fingering, and I'm like, oh, this is not good, this is not good. <laughs> and it was a very plain sweater, it just had a, a dragon, sort of an eyelet dragon on the back left, left shoulder. shoulder. And I said, okay, if I'm doing that... I've got to have some sort of beadwork coming out of his mouth, going over the shoulder and maybe some sequins at the end. And yeah, Michelle like is just light. like chugging me on going, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not happening. no, not two months. No, 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 no. Yeah. And Michelle tried to do a pinky swear with me and I'm like, oh, no, 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 not happening. You write contracts for a living. I'm not pinky swearing with you for anything. <laughs> not even lunch money. So what I am doing, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, the only reason I think why this might be kismet, like serendipity somehow, mm-hmm. I am doing the Pfeiffer Falls hooded scarf. It appeared in Interweave Knits in winter of 2008. Mm-hmm. And what it is is a scarf where right in the middle part is a hood so that it stays you know, on your head and around your neck, and the bottom of the scarf pieces have pockets. Pockets. (laughs) Pocketses. And up through the scarf, around the hood, and then down the other side, is a very simple, large, what looks like a French braid. Not a cable that goes intertwining in and out. It looks like a French braid. Guess what? What? I actually own Interweave Knits Winter 2008. Even better! So I didn't actually have to buy the pattern. It was like one of a handful of knitting magazines I actually had. It was sitting on my nightstand. Yay. So I thought, I'm sure I've seen that picture. Oh, yeah. That's in my bedroom. <laughs> okay, wait. That didn't sound right. Anyways, uh, some of you may know that we had Canadian Thanksgiving mm-hmm. last week. Hope all our Canadian listeners had a good Thanksgiving. Yep. Happy Turkey Day. I uh, spent Thursday night to Monday morning... In bed. And not in the fun way. And not in the fun way, no. I was in the pajamas, Tylenol, Theraflu type of way. And I figured, well, screw it. If I'm stuck on bedbound, I might as well start on the, start on my project. And I should know better when to do that when I'm sick. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Cause guess what I had to do? Rip it all out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got up to the top of the pocket and realized that I had done the cabling wrong. Ooh. Twice. I'm like, well, nobody's gonna... Oh, crap. I, I, I'm I ripping this out. Screw it. <laughs> so I should be able to start that this weekend, because this shouldn't take too much longer to finish. So I should be able to start that this weekend, and I'm probably going to do it in that blue Cascade 220, mm-hmm. because I have 
perfect amount. That's good. Yeah. So I have everything I need to do it. And I will credit the newbie with this idea because we were trying to throw around a bunch of different ideas of mm-hmm. what to do. And she was trying to be helpful. Yeah. And one of the things that she came up with was a little blue bird that I could swirl into a nest in yes. my hair like Radagast does. So <laughs> I said, well, I want something a little bit more challenging to knit than just a little plushy blue bird. But yeah. that's a great idea and I'm going to keep it. So <laughs> once I do finish this, when we go to the movie... Yeah. I'm actually going to do a little nest with a little bird underneath it. I don't care who looks at me funny. Cute. Because I know that I'm shorter than most people, so they're going to be able to see the top of my head. Yeah. So anyways, that's what I will be doing. Okay. Anything else you have been working on? No. I think no. that's me. I mean, I yeah. I spent the last, what, ten days trying to figure out what to do for this Hobbit along. Yeah, considering some the whole... Some people have some really the, great ideas. Yeah, but because the whole Radagast mittens didn't work out. Yeah, and the only thing is, the Radagast rolling turned out fine. It's just that I'm not used to spinning, so I didn't wasn't able to estimate how much yarn I would actually get. Yeah. Even plying it with something else. Yeah. So I may still be able to get maybe a simple toque out of it, or, you yeah. know, what... Some Americans may call a skull cap or a beanie, but I won't be able to get a project that I think is, I don't know, have the oomph that I want for a hop it along. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that's part of the learning curve, so that just means I need more roving. Okay. Well, speaking of oomph for hop it along. Yes, you have oomph. <laughs> I started the Ayaf Yatla Yokel Shawl, the Fire Under the Mountain Shawl. We'll call it that. Yes. Which is what I'm calling it, which I still need to, I still need to get pictures and stuff, but I need to wait until I get the, at the moment I'm using one of the Chowgu interchangeable tips and cables that I got outside the set, but it's a very short cable, so I have to wait until I ordered some new cables, longer cables, and then once I have those, I'll take pictures, because <laughs> right now you just can't really see much. It, but looks yeah. like, it looks like a little lava blob. Yeah, little lava blobby bag, really. <laughs> But basically, it's going really well. I should mention this is the shawl by Anna Dalvey of Knit and Nag Designs. And it's going really well. Uh, actually, I've been working on it since a week ago Monday, so maybe like 10 days, just a hair over 10 days. Okay. Uh, I'm on the last chart. Woohoo! Yeah. Now, how long is that chart? I kind of zipped through, I kind of zipped through the other charts. Now, this chart is about 50 rows. And that's 25 pattern rows, 25 plain rows. Okay. But each round is 576 stitches. So it's going to take longer. But I don't know. It's still going forward. It's going really fast compared to where you were at with your Lothlorien last year. Wow. Yeah. But though I do, I will have to watch it because this last chart, there's large sort of triangles made out of a yarn over knit together yarn over knit two together yarn over knit together knit two together fabric or on the next row it's slip knit together okay yarn over slip knit together yarn over so i do have to be very careful when i'm doing that i have to carefully count how many of those i'm doing in each section so i don't do too many and get it off um but yeah it's going fairly well i mean i did the other night i did rip it back because one thing I was noticing is, like, I'm not through the first ball yet. <laughs> and figuring out, like, I actually knit a row, weighed, I weighed the ball, knit a row, weighed the ball again to see how much yarn a single row used. Right. And then figured out, okay, multiply that by however many rows I have left. And, you know, I figured out how much yarn it was using. And I was like, eh, I don't know. 
I don't know if it's going to use up as much as I would like. So I actually ripped it back a little bit just to where I did the... Basically, it's a pie shawl. It's a circular shawl, and it's um, based on Elizabeth Zimmerman's pie shawl shaping. So you knit a certain number of rows and knit one yarn over all the way around to double the number of stitches. Mm -hmm. And then you knit double the last number of rows, knit one yarn over, double the last number of rows, knit one yarn over. So that basically you're doubling the number of stitches each time you do a increase. And this sort of makes it a... Because you're doing it... Inter- increasing at these certain places, it makes it a circle without having to do increases every other row or every couple of rows. So I actually ripped back, I was a, a few rows, two or three rows into, pattern rows into the last chart. I ripped it back to the last set of yarn overs and I actually went up to, I had it on a four millimeter needle, I went up to a 4.5. So hopefully that'll nibble away at more. the yarn a bit. So because that, I do have more, like, the way that I had to order it, I definitely needed, I had to order more than I needed. Okay. So, it's like, because they have certain skein lengths. I got it from, this is the yarn I got from Twisted Fiber Arts. That you squeed about when it yes. was available again. It's the Aerial base. Okay. And it's in the Ember Evolutions colorway. So it starts as this orangey color, and then it goes out to red, and out to black, and then out to that ashen gray. And so, you know, I want to get as far, you know, as much of the, the color in there. I don't want to, you know, be left with the last bit. Just a, like a ring of yeah, black, black and gray or something. So hopefully it'll nibble away at the yarn a bit more. But, I mean, looking at the weights, it was like, well, I mean, part of me was even like, should I even rip back the entire last chart that I did? But then part of me was like, eh, I don't know. But then I don't know if I have that much yarn. Right. So you're so, you're making a gamble. Yeah, I'm kind of making a gamble here. But you're trying to hedge your bets. Yeah. Okay. So fair. that's fair. Hopefully it'll turn out all pretty. It's going to be pretty anyway. I just yeah, hope it, it will. I just hope I get the full color change in there. Um, and because I've been doing so well on this, I haven't felt quite as much like I have to work on it every waking second of the day, or any time I, I any chance I get. So this last week, I did pull out again the Weeping Angel socks. Mm-hmm. I have finished one sock. I don't know when the last time was I mentioned these. So, And then the other sock, I finished the heel and I'm on the foot. And the other reason I pulled these out after putting them away for a little while, one of the reasons I put them away for a little while, is because I wanted to wait until the Doctor Who episodes they've been showing on Space in order from the beginning, or at least from the beginning of the modern ones, like from the Ninth Doctor. Onwards. I wanted to wait until they got to the episode with the Weeping, Weeping Angels. Oh, so you you got to work and on And then last Sunday's batch of episodes was <laughs> Blink, which okay. is the Weeping Angel episode. So I finally got a chance to watch that the other night after finishing some uh, an assignment for my course. And as I tweeted afterwards, I'm like, okay, so I'm never going to sleep again. I was going to say, do you, um, did the tension on that sock suddenly get really tight? It does look a little different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tension does look a little different. I think I can see a little bit there. Which was probably when I was watching it, because, oh my god, you guys. I mean, I had seen this stuff on Tumblr and stuff like that, but, like, watching the episode, it still freaked the fuck out of me. And as I was going upstairs, I'm, like, not looking out any of the windows. I don't want, it's nighttime, I don't want to see a weeping angel outside the window, even though I know that's not going to happen. Mommy. (laughs) I actually watched that episode, and then I watched a different episode after that, just so I could, you know, not have the weeping angels in my head when I went to bed. That makes perfect sense, yes. Because that would be creepy. 
What did you get? And explain to me how this does not apply as a adding is, to your urine supply. This is very special yarn. Okay. Like, okay, okay, okay. Extremely special yarn. Oh, that yarn. Yes. So, I went into Hamilton last weekend because Julie, who owns the uh, Needle Emporium, she hosts a knitting camp every year. And one of the people who's come up to the knitting camp and run workshops and stuff there is uh, the head of Lorna's Laces, the yarn company. And every year the knitting camp is at a place called Bayview Wildwood uh, Resort on Sparrow Lake. It's about an hour and a half north of Toronto. I know this because my family went to a cottage like five minutes down the road from Bayview Wildwood every year for like 12 years. Until, like, my brother and I had summer jobs and stuff and couldn't go, basically. We even went up there a few times for Thanksgiving. There you go. So this year, uh, Lorna's Laces had a special colorway for a knitting camp called Sparrow Lake. And, like, last week, Julie posted on the Facebook page, Oh, we're getting more of the Sparrow Lake. And the, basically, the Lorna's Laces, Helen's Lace, the Sportmate, and the Soulmate yarn. And the Needle and Porn is the only place to get this colorway. And I was like, I need this. I need this because the Sparrow Lake means so much to me and to my family. So on Friday, when she said, hey, it's in, I'm like, please put aside a skein of lace mate for me. And I went and picked it up on Saturday. Pretty. That's the soulmate. Like the instant I got home, I was like, mom, I know you already asked me to make something else for you. I will still do it. Do you want anything in this yarn, or what weight of yarn do you want? So this is a bunch of very deep teals and greeny blues, and yeah. maybe some... There's some dark forest green. The lighting is in here is a little yellowy, so it's like a dark forest green yep. and a deep sort of purpley, and there's a little bit of gray-black in it, and it's really pretty. I've got the lace in my hand. Superwash merino wool, nylon, and... Outlast Viscose. That's the soulmate. It's specially, it's supposed to be um, extra strong for socks, and I think it's also supposed to to help wick moisture away from your feet. Okay. And I've got the Helen's Lace, which is 50% silk, 50% wool. Oh. 1,250 yards of it. That's going to be pretty. Yeah. It's going to be a super gorgeous shawl, and it's going to be very special to me. It will be very special, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, this one, it was like, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care about budget or credit card or anything like that. I need this. was a find. This. Yes. Need. N-E-E-D. Do you have ideas for it yet? I don't have a pattern or anything for it. I know, like, obviously I got the lace weight because I know I'm going to do a shawl for myself. Okay. Mom wants a, I think, like, cowl in hers. So, I mean, I, I have a general idea of what project I'm going to do. I don't know what pattern, specific pattern okay. I'm going to do yet. I might even make one up. So, but I think that's it for me for knitting and purchases and fun stuff like that. All right, shall we get to fun stuff that's been going on around the world? Yes. What shall we start with? Yes, so let's get the ovary explosion over and done with. As some of you may have heard, there was a certain guest for the Reddit AMA last week. AMA meaning ask me anything. Yes. This one was, I am Benedict Cumberbatch, ask me anything. And I do believe that the internet might have exploded a few times during this Reddit. Yes. And really, like you guys, seriously, you need to read this. It is hilarious. He's a saucy little Cumberbatch, isn't he? I know, he's got so much sass. He usually they do show a picture to prove that the per, it's the person and he's doing yeah. it live. And Benedict uh, is in a white, what looks like a white hotel bathrobe. Mm. We'll get to that in a moment. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, drinking what looks like a cup of tea. Yeah. I'm, I'm estimating tea over coffee. Yes. And somebody and is holding... really lovely hair. I kind of just want to run my hands through it. Uh, it, ne- it needs to be a little bit longer for me. Mm, that works for me, I, too. I, I really, really love those Sherlock curls. curls. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I do. He's taking a sip of tea, and somebody's holding up a little cartoon next to him, and it says, Hi, Reddit, ask me anything. So, yes, it's an adorable picture. And then, oh my god, some of the, the, the responses... Yes. So one of the really good ones was, what was the weirdest encounter you've ever had with a fan? And his response was actually, it was Ted Danson at a pre-Oscar party, screaming across a floor of people like Leonardo DiCaprio, Ray Liotta, Kristen Stewart, Kirsten Dunst, et al., while pushing past them and knocking their drinks. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's fucking Sherlock Holmes! very hard time seeing that. And sometimes the really fun thing, too, is also the responses to it. And someone else's first comment after it was, was Robert Downey Jr. in the room? Because that could have gotten awkward. Because Robert Downey is a bit of a queen. Well, he's also played Sherlock Holmes. Yes, I know, but he is still a yes. queen. Yeah, there's some really interesting, and he gives really interesting answers to you know, someone asked, is fame different than how you imagined it would be? Someone asked him about something, what you know, Julian Assange has said about the movie that's coming mm-hmm. out, um, The Fifth Estate. Someone asked, what do you find was the most baffling thing about the customs in the U.S.? And I'm sure I mean customs as in, like, you know, cultural practices. Right. And he interpreted it as customs as in immigration. And he says that I find it no one at the borders ever smiles. And Which, <clears throat> oh boy. That was an opening for so many, like, everybody just jumped on that. <laughs> I would smile at you, Benedict Cumberbatch. I would give you a pat down, Benedict Cumberbatch. I would detain you without reason. I would throw you deeper than a Guantanamo Bay of my heart. To which was answered, guys, we promised we wouldn't be creepy. And someone else said we said no such thing. Because, <laughs> yes, this is the Cumberbatch fandom. And depending on who got <laughs> onto Reddit to be a part of all of this... And which questions he actually got to answer. Yes, there, there, there could have been a lot of flamethrowers potentially happening here. <laughs> he is good. He takes it all with a grain of salt and hands back some sass, which I'm proud of him for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like this one when he mentions, someone asked, with your crazy filming schedule, what creature comforts do you look forward to in most returning home? And he mentions a few things. He said, but the last thing he mentions is beyond that, a whiskey, the fire, and a good book. And oh. <laughs> Girl. Like Karen and I just decided that, okay, we have to knit him a sweater to go with that fire and whiskey and book, and we need measurements, obviously, and stuff. <laughs> I volunteer! <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. There's also something replying. Someone asked, you know, if the little image, that little robot cartoon they'd asked was from the Reddit Cumberbitches thread, and he replies, yes it is, and someone else replied with, suddenly regretting my comment history. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, 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 One yes. of the things he said that made the internet explode. Okay, so somebody wants to know, my wife would sincerely like to know if you are wearing anything under your robe, and please respond, this is important for our mental well-being. And he says, you should be asking, who's naked under it with me? And the internet went, I volunteer as tribute, yes. Yes, someone else said, I volunteer as tribute. 
I think there were a couple of people that were trying to be the room wardens going, okay, guys, let's all remember he is a real person. Let's please not do the creepy. And then every once in a while, like... <laughs> the creepy would just burst forth. It, it, it's kind of like a monkey throwing flaming poo and you have to go down, smack it down. It's a game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> guys, 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 go... No, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Someone did ask him, is it hard to keep the secret of how Sherlock survived? Do you ever have the urge to tell someone? If so, how do you cope? And he says, I cry, cry myself to sleep at night and then wake up laughing. <laughs> Cheeky bugger. Someone else said, I don't have a question. I just want to say that I think you are lovely in Sherlock and that my husband named our fish after you. And he replied, I hope that fish has a long life. Don't put it near any rooftops. Oh, yes. Here's the one that really made Tumblr explode. That one. Yes. So someone asked, do you, Matt Smith, and Tom Hiddleston have cheekbone polishing parties? And he replied, everybody... And no, stop drinking, stop eating. You're going to choke if you do this. Take a deep breath. (laughs) Now proceed. Yes. He replied, we like nothing better than buffing our zygoma and imagining a horny time traveling long overcoat, purple scarf, wearing super sleuth Nordic legend fuck fantasy. Get to work on that, internet. Hence the internet exploding. And the answers to some of that... (laughs) Yeah, the first one. Speechless. Benedict is prompting the prompting the internet Sherlock Loki Dr. Threesomes. Nothing quite like witnessing a part of internet history in the making. And in reply to that one, there are a number of image links. Oh, dear God. But one of my favorite responses is someone just saying, oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> and someone responds, sploosh. And someone else says, one of those words we made a pact not to use. And then he goes and says something like that. Yes. Yeah, that one got lots and lots, lots of, of comments. comments. And he actually responded to one of the images <laughs> that somebody drew. Oh my god. So yeah, Tumblr was very broken after this for a while. I mean, it was interesting. I generally go back and just sort of keep hitting the back button on my dashboard on Tumblr. Because I don't do the infinite scroll thing. And I can tell. So sometimes I get to things like a couple days after they happen. And I can tell exactly when that went up. Because my dash was just like, oh! So, yeah, you definitely need to read this because it's really funny. Oh, boy. And uh, speaking of the delectable Mr. Hiddleston. Did you know that uh, maybe white men can't dance, but white gods can? (laughs) Okay, that was a really bad segue, but whatever. Okay, so Tom Hiddleston can dance, and we've got video proof of it. Yes, and you can actually find it on themarysue.com if you go to themarysue.com slash Tom dash Hiddleston dash dance. He was at a uh, press event in Korea, in South Korea, and they asked him funny. I think it was a funny question, like what's his the favorite part of his body, or what part of his Mm -hmm. body does he take care of, or something like that. And he said, "My feet, because without my feet, I can't dance." And they just took that, going, "So you're going to dance for us?" And that's when music came on, and all the chairs got backed away, and he's like, "Okay, let's do this." I'm like, and he starts dancing, and I'm like, "Whoa." Hello, like, this is a, this is a guy on the dance floor that would immediately have a circle around him going, Dude, he's not doing the white man shuffle. He is dancing. Mm-hmm. It was pretty nice. I forget if it was that where I commented on it in the Ravelry group with, How did my panties get over there? Yes. Panties hit the floor so hard they would be halfway to China. Panties hit the floor so hard the foundation of my house is cracked. Again, I'll, I'll say it one more time. I never meet these men in person <laughs> because I swear if I had been on that Benedict Reddit and 
holy bananas if Tom Hiddleston goes on a Reddit, I would be sitting at the keyboard and somebody would just kind of have to come over and remind me to breathe once in a while because I would just be frozen. I would not know what to say. Yeah. I cannot be the creepy. I do not want to incite the creepy. But oh my god! You have to keep and showing me the picture. The, pro- the problem is, Tom Hiddleston is also an adorable human being. It's like, damn it! Part of me wishes he were an asshole, so I didn't have to I know. Because you're not just a pretty face. You're an adorable human being. He's a gentleman. So yes, anyway, before we get too carried away and just start drooling for the rest of the podcast, moving on! And actually, slight segue, considering it does have something to do with Sherlock. Uh, BBC America's Anglophenia blog on October 14th posted an article called 11 Fictional Characters Who Could Totally Be Time Time Lords. Oh, yeah. They did mention Sherlock Holmes as one of them. One of my favorites is the first one on the list, James Bond, which totally would shut up, like, all the fan arguing about, like, is this the same Bond in all the movies? Is it different Bonds? Does the name get handed down to different people? This totally makes sense. Think of all of the space age sort of technology he gets from Q and... Yeah. In the Evidence 4 column, they say... He generally follows the same behavioral patterns in each incarnation of Bond. Never seems to get much older. Apparently capable of bringing an entire army to its knees, single-handedly. Using a few super high-tech devices while in the company of one woman. Let's face it, apart from the guns and shooting and drinking and sex, James Bond practically is the doctor. Also mentioned Mary Poppins, which I have seen before. She has a bag that appears to be bigger on the inside. Same material that the TARDIS is made out of. And for the record, uh, their argument for Sherlock Holmes was that... Even now, it's hard to credit just how very correct Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was in his deductions about the future of police work. He created an an eccentric, obsessive being that is utterly out of step with contemporary society, and he has a penchant for unorthodox headgear, which is pretty familiar, too. Also listed as Merlin, as in, well, the image there is from the uh, BBC show, Merlin. And they also note that according to a story from the Seventh Doctor... Merlin is either a future incarnation of the Doctor or a version of himself from a parallel dimension where magic works and technology doesn't. So that's kind of canon. I have not seen... I've got to find that. They say in the Arthurian legends, some of the Arthurian legends say that Merlin ages backwards. Which would make sense if you're traveling through time. Yes, it would. And regenerating. But yes, and there's a few others on there, like, they have mentioned Deckard from Blade Runner. Mainly because, mainly because of how his story gets rewritten with minor variations each time. Though in that case, the various Star Wars characters could count too. Yes, they could. Considering the fact that George Lucas can never make up his fucking mind. No, it's not George Lucas anymore. Yep. Speaking of time travel of a sort, except this is the uh, kind where we dig up things and have to imagine how it was back in the day. So a bunch of archaeologists are in Tuscany, and lo and behold, they find a pair of human skeletons in, was it a grave or a crypt? Anyway, one of those. Uh, it says the NBC News piece I'm looking at calls it a tomb cut okay. into the rock in Tuscany. Now, one of them has a lance or a spear type weapon, and one of them has jewelry, bling. And it was automatically assumed that the one with the spear was male, and he was buried with his partner. Yeah, his wife. His wife. Oops. <laughs> you should know better than this, archaeologists. They took the bones back to the lab and did some analyzations, and hello, that is a warrior princess. Woo, Xena! 
So, um, and that uh, person next to her is wearing all of that bling was a guy. So, um, this turned out to be an Etruscan warrior lady and a boy toy or a... Husband, house husband. House husband? Or, <laughs> you know, who knows? But uh, I believe it was mentioned that the Etruscan women typically did a lot of the things that a lot of later civilizations like Greco-Romans would typify as masculine. Mm-hmm. So they worked out, they worked outside the home, they, I believe, held status, and, you know, all of the things that a lot of other civilizations attributed to men. Yeah, looking at a blog from Judith Weingarten, who is an archaeologist who studied at our classical archaeology at University of Oxford and is a member of the British School at Athens. She says that the the body with the skeleton of the lance was a woman who was 35 to 40 years old when she died. And there's a lot of really interesting information here about Etruscan customs and sort of gender roles and things like that and some really cool artwork that they found. You can find that at judithweingarten.blogspot.com. Her last name is W-E-I-N-G-A-R-T-E-N. So woo, warrior princess. Sweet. Which is awesome. And speaking of breaking gender stereotypes... Because girls don't read comic books, do they? (laughs) Comixology, who is probably the biggest purveyor of digital comics online, they've been called the iTunes of comic books, has released some interesting demographic data about its customer base. And they said... uh, in this article on Tech Hive, they said that the new a new customer is emerging. She's 17 to 26 years old, college educated, lives in the suburbs, and is new to comics. She prefers Tumblr to Reddit. She may have never even picked up a print comic. Apparently, when Comixology started six years ago, less than five percent of its users were women. Now, women comprise 20 percent of the readership. Cool. Which is Awesome, and I'm sure it's just growing from there. It's probably, yeah, it's probably just growing. Because judging from a lot of the uh, Comic-Con costumes going on, yep, there are a lot of s- strong imagery for girls to pick up on in costumes. Mm-hmm. And they mention on in the article, too, that newbies and longtime fans can sample select. You can sample selections for free or for cheap on Comixology and has a number of different sort of platforms that it works with. So it makes it easier for people to try comics, especially, and they have a lot of back issues too. So that helps with the whole, oh my god, there's 20, there's, you know, 50 issues of this. Where do I even start? Yeah. I mean, obviously they don't have, they don't, I don't think they have complete back catalogs, but, you know, it helps a little bit. You know, and it does help too, considering, you know, there is still either actual kind of resistance in comic shop culture, or just perceived, like, you know, some women might not feel comfortable going because they're worried about, you know, will people at the local comic shop treat me like an idiot, especially if they go in and say I'm relatively new to comics. You know, it does help with that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, whether that's true or not of comic shops. I think that's all comic shops. I've heard, yeah. seen, I have seen a number. I've seen, you know, whenever Mary Sue mentions something like this, you know, I have seen a lot of people talking about you know, bad experiences they've had. I've seen a lot of women talking about great experiences they've had with their local comic shops. So, one of my know. local comic shops, uh, one of the regular people behind the behind the desk, you know, behind the cash register, is a girl. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Apparently, print comics. It also says in here that print comics are still selling pretty well. Sales at comic book stores have been climbing. In September, sales were up to twenty three point four percent year over year, which is good. Yeah. Because it had been declining for quite a while. Speaking of which, which I kind of know because 
Especially if you're in the States, you probably want to check out PBS, PBS's website, because they just aired a documentary series called Superheroes and Never Ending Battle. It's about the history of superheroes and superhero comics. And it's three hours. It's basically three parts, one hour each. And it has aired on PBS already. But, you know, check your local station, see if they're showing it again. Or, again, if you're in the States, or you know ways around it. Hem, 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 hem. You can watch it on the PBS website. And actually, if you just go pbs.org slash superheroes, you can see it. And it's really, I really enjoyed it. It was really interesting watching it. And it's kind of amusing watching some of it and seeing how much I recognize. My mother was sort of looking at me like, Karen, <laughs> what is your deal? I was quoting along with, I think the moment where mom really like looked at me is when I'm quoting along with Rorschach's line from Watchmen. Oh. But they will look up and and shout and shout, save us, and I will look down and whisper, no. And mom was like, Karen? I'm like, what? It is like the line from Watchmen. It gets parodied all the time. And there's some interesting stuff in there, too. There's like extras and behind the scenes. And there's a lot of interesting interviews. And looking at some of the web exclusive videos, there's, they're actually, those are hosted on YouTube, so you can still watch those even if you can't get around the geographic stuff. And there's some images here from comic books throughout the years. The first one that comes up is Captain, Captain America punching Hitler <laughs> from Captain America number one. Of course, now from, after watching this, this documentary, all I really wanted to do was just watch all the Marvel movies. Yeah, all over again. Which I'm totally doing this weekend. Marvel-thon! Speaking of Marvel, there is a kind of, I think, rumor still adequately describes it at this moment, that Marvel is kind of shopping around maybe as many as four new TV shows slash miniseries. I didn't know it would be that many. Yep. Again, this is sort of rumory. I'm looking at the article about it on the Mary Sue, and it says it comes from Deadline's Nellie Andreva, who says no one at Marvel Studios will breed a worth of it lest Disney come along and take their firstborn child. So I'm it's very sorry. specious. That's so funny. It is very specious, but they did say that, you know, maybe Marvel is putting together some of these things and sort of shopping it around to including, you know, cable networks, Netflix, things like that, seeing who would be interested. So, and I mean, they do have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So they have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They have said they're working on the concept for a possible TV series about Peggy Carter. And uh, Captain Marvel. That was rumored a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Well, was that rumored other than people hope that Katie Sackhoff would be playing it? Still, it which was she out has there. Said, it was out there she in has the said mix. No. I know she that said no. That wasn't what it was about. But it's been out there in the world, in the mm-hmm. ether. So, yeah. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they were if they were thinking about more TV opportunities. Especially because, eh, depending on the show, I forget how much the budget is for a single episode of TV. But it is less than, like, one of these big blockbuster movies. True. And, you know, maybe looking at a deal with Netflix or something, that would be kind of... Would be an option because streaming TV shows, or especially online-only TV shows... Netflix-only TV shows, are having a little bit of a bump right now. Yeah, it was one of the things that actually brought up in the Benedict Reddit that TV shows are now getting the same as much precedence and weight as a lot of these blockbusters that are happening. Well, actually, I've seen a lot of people saying that this is a second golden age for TV, and that actually TV is doing a better job than movies now. Yeah. Because TV is where you're getting a lot of really daring, interesting, different sort of things. 
there seems like TV, they're willing to experiment more, whereas movies have very much start focused on what's a franchise, an existing property we can license, you know, what can we make a sequel to, and it going for a- the big blockbuster guarantee. Right, and it takes a very long time, and sometimes that blockbuster just doesn't happen. Yeah, so the it seems like movies are... Especially larger movies made by larger companies are getting less daring in a way. At least daring in like where they're finding their stories and subject matter they're covering. Right. Smaller movies obviously are still being very daring in that sense. So yeah, a lot of people have said that yeah, this is this is a great time for TV right now, just because there's so much going on. Like now you I can't started imagine. you started watching the Sleepy Hollow one, right? I've saw I've seen the pilot and I, I really have to catch up on the rest of it because like I really, I enjoyed the pilot. It is like fall of crazy. And I've been hearing from people that one of the, like one of the things people seem to be enjoying about the show is that it is just going balls to the wall crazy. Like every episode, they just ramp up the crazy even more. And it's, it would be, it would be an awful show if they weren't like putting the pedal to the metal and just flooring it all the way. Okay. If they held back even just a little bit, it would be as great. And people, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the begin, about the first episode and which a lot of people I've seen have said is the main reason they're still watching the show or they enjoy the show. The one thing that makes it work is that basically what happens in Sleepy Hollow is the Headless Horseman is resurrected somehow. Again. And as is Ichabod Crane, who was a soldier during the Revolutionary War. So he wakes up and meets a small town of Sleepy Hollow police officer named Abby Mills, who is... For, you know, and who I should also mention is played by an African-American woman. So it's like we have a woman, a woman of color, mm-hmm. playing a police officer and being like the second, the lead of the show. One of the two leads of the show, which is really good. Yay, diversity and representation. And so they kind of become this kind of partnership, friendship, and it's their relationship really works. Okay. I love it to pieces, especially because there, there is, there's snarkiness. There's, you know, she just sometimes looks at him like you have got, you are so crazy. She thinks he's completely nuts for the first, most of the first episode, which, yeah, but she's willing to kind of believe him more than some other people because of stuff that's happened to her. You know, there's, there's other amusing things. Like he notes they're driving through town and he's like, well, when they're driving in, the, in her cop car, he's like pressing the button to make the window go up and down, and he's just staring at it, fascinated, until she's finally like <laughs> freezes that locks the the window lock Child or something lock. like that. Or um, they're driving through town, and he's like, "That used to be that used to be a, a tavern. Now it appears to be a Starbucks." <laughs> and there's another one, and she says something. She says, "Yeah, there's a bunch of them all over town," and he's like. Is there a law? It's an unwritten universal law. Yeah, or the parts where he's going on about, like, taxation. But, okay, like, I really actually want to see this. It's really funny. They play the, the fish out of water thing with him is really funny. I haven't seen the second episode yet, but apparently it's in the second episode. He's staying at her house and she leaves post-it notes all over the place with instructions on how to do things. Like, turn on, turn on the left faucet for hot water. Turn on the right for cold water. I really have to watch the rest of it. It's on Fox, I believe. So, and I know it's on Hulu. Don't ask me how. And I think it's global is showing it in Canada. 
Okay. I think that one is also another one of the shows where they're showing it in a few different countries, like pretty much right after it airs in North America. So yeah, I, I'm telling people that one's, from what I've heard and from what I've seen, it's completely batshit, but it's kind of fun. It's a fun kind of batshit. Yeah. We don't get that very often. Oh, speaking of fun and batshit, I showed this to Maggie earlier. It's tw- The video on YouTube is called 2013 New York Comic Con! And that's con, K-H, six A's, and an N. So if you search for it, you'll find it's basically a two-minute clip of a guy who got a ton of different people at New York Comic Con to do the famous con! And he added it all together. Mostly just them with the ah! Yeah, the pitch goes all over the place. Yeah, after a little while, I'm like, okay, I need a Tylenol. I can't deal with this. Yeah, there's some amazing cosplay in there. It's pretty funny. And it includes William Shatner at the end. Yes. Stay around for the Shatner. And... I think we've hit a bunch of geek squee. (laughs) Yep. So shall I move into cravings, covets, and crushes? Sure. And what are we craving and crushing on? How about Firefly the board game? Oh my god. It actually exists. You're the captain. The most awesome Firefly game ever. It's like having... It's like living in the world of the show. Captain your own Firefly class, Starship, and zoom around the verse. Finding Adventure includes an exclusive to ThinkGeek, because I'm looking at this on the ThinkGeek website, shiny supply card. It is $49.99, obviously in U.S. American dollars. Mm-hmm. Holy slow balls, Batman. There we go. Oh my god. So yeah, there's a little image. It's, you know, too small to see anything, but there's all, it looks like there's a picture of the, the board and all the cards and looks like money. Silver hold outfillers. Mouth pretty, pretty floral bonnet. If your hand touches metal, I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. Crew carrying bonnet ignores wanted crew roles. Does not count towards gear limit. Oh my god, this looks awesome! Ages 13 and up. Yeah, the, the pretty, flo- pretty floral bonnet is the exclusive card for yeah. Geek. Four Firefly models, one Alliance Cruiser model, one Reaver Cutter model. Misbehave deck. <laughs> nice. Currency, six story cards. Yeah, there's a whole descri- long description here of how they, the game works. And oh my god, I want it. This looks amazing. So we're finding it right now at thinkgeek.com. It's obviously right up front and center of their homepage and their new stuff, but you might be able to find it in other places. Who knows? Yeah, and if you look at Think Geek and it's not on the front page, it's under the Geek Toys section under Games and Puzzles. Or, you know, just search for Firefly Game in the search bar at the top. That is so amazing. Oh, that's gorgeous. This is... I going to take a guess that we can call this jonium pattern. I really apologize for what we may, you know, do to some of the names. This is jonium pattern by Tiziana Samuri. Samuri. I don't know. Samuri. Yep. And that's a shawl, which is, oh my god, look at this picture. Look at that one. Yep. Isn't it beautiful? So it's in fingering weight, though the first pattern does look a bit more like white lace weight, or maybe it's just a bigger version of it. Um, basically, it's fingering weight shawl, which can include beads. And lots of them from the look mm-hmm. of it. And it looks like it's got some cable elements as well as lace, and oh my god, it's gorgeous. It's a triangle shawl with a knitted on edging, which is worked sideways and joined to the, the live stitches of the body. And this has just been published this month. Ooh, and it says it, the pattern includes four PDF files with charts and line-by-line directions for 
um, version with central panels and alternative en- ending edgings, versions without the central panel and with alternative edgings. There's the couple. Yeah, different- there you go. See, there's the central yeah. panel and there's without. Yeah, interesting. And then it also says all the PDFs contain the links to video tutorials which show how to work the beginning tab, how to do the cables without cable needle, and for the version with the knitted on edging, how to graph the few edging stitches. So you might want to take a look at that one, because it's gorgeous! That is... Oh, it's already in my queue. I I, I queue so many things, I totally forget. And then it's like a surprise all over again. Well, speaking of things to queue, I know you said you already had that one. Yes. First of all, I found, and I'm going to make a guess that that's called Kina. Yeah, K-Y-N-A. Kina or Kina. Um, and By then Lucy Haig. I followed it back, and it is from the Celtic Cable Shawls book by Lucy Haig. Uh, she had already released Talesian, which is the name of one of the great Celtic bards. Mm-hmm. And Talesian itself is a large triangular shawl that just has what looks like oh, a raised God. motif of... All of these Celtic knotworks. That is gorgeous. Her book has yet to come out, but if you do buy Talesian and you want to buy the book, you can get the cost of Talesian taken out of the cost of the book because you've already started oh to pay for God, it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Isn't it? That is gorgeous. Want, and that one's done in a fingering way too. Mm-hmm. And if that seems a little bit too daunting, the other one which I'm going to call Kina because I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it. I'm very sorry, Lucy. But if that seems a little bit too daunting, Kina is just a little step down where it is a triangular shawl, more of a closer to a shawlette. Yeah, it's and it's knit sideways. And the majority of the body of the shawl, so to speak, mm-hmm. is in stockinette stitch. But it does have a triangular border along that edge, that has the Celtic knotwork motif worked into it. Mm-hmm. And it's really pretty, too. It is really pretty. And that one's also done in fingering weight. So that one could be done with a skein of lace weight. Sock weight yarn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 395 yards. And it looks like, just looking, it looks like she has other, not in this book, but in the rest of her patterns, lots of really other, really pretty lacy and cable things. I am going to have to cue pretty much everything, if I haven't already. Because, dear God. There's pretty, and there's pretty, and there's more pretty, and there's more pretty. But if I want to get to this pretty, I need to finish the shawl that I'm I know, I know, I know. (laughs) I'm looking through this going, hey, I cued that, and I cued that one, too. Oh, I want this one. Hildina. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to look through more of her stuff later and also uh, work on the shawl that I've got. (laughs) Because, oh dear God, want to make all the things. Want to make all the things? Want to make all the things! All the things! Okay, everybody. Well, to everybody who is out there at Rhinebeck. We hate you. We're thinking of you. We hate you. <laughs> we hope you have a good time. And you evil, evil bitches. And uh, Karen also sends her best wishes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Hopefully you guys have a good time. And dear sweet God, one of these years we are going to fucking make it. We will it. go. And we will go with a freaking entourage. Yes. So what- Feather boas for our fabulousness. Okay, we'll do that. Feather boas and tiaras. <laughs> Feather boas, tiaras, knitwear, knit one geek two t-shirts. There's going to be a lot of layers going on. Yeah, there will be a lot of layers. We're going to have to figure that out. Okay, so we'll make an appointment with the costume manager anyway. <laughs> All right, everybody. Would that be in the mode? <laughs> no capes. No capes. I wouldn't want to, after seeing you knit the capelet, I wouldn't want to knit a full-size cape anyway. <laughs>
Not unless that sucker has flying power. My capelet is less dangerous than the capes she was talking about, though. Anyway. Anyways. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1. G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!